Welcome to Medical Sales Live, the number one resource for breaking into medical sales and building your career. Hello, I'm Dr. Sarah Dickey. I am the Senior Director of Education at Chicago Campus for Medical Sales College. And I'm here today with Dr. Chin. Um, he has been a mentor of mine throughout my podiatric profession, as well as a colleague and then most of all a friend. So thank you so much, Dr. Chin, for coming today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So do you want to tell um, everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been in podiatric medical practice and surgical practice for almost 22 years now, which I'm an old geezer now. Um, I started my own practice uh, back about 13, almost 14 years ago uh, called the Running Institute, which actually focuses on sports medicine, uh, specifically runners, but I, I see ballet uh, dancers and basketball players alike, but uh, mostly a sports medicine focused practice. Um, I still do surgery as part of my practice, and we're located right downtown Chicago, right by Millennium Park. So, yes, you are actually really close to our Chicago campus. Your neighbors, we're neighbors pretty much. Yep, exactly. So, and Sarah was yeah. one of uh, my first associates, so um, hopefully she learned a little bit of something from me. Absolutely, I did. I've learned a lot from you, and I always, when I'm speaking with the medical sales students, kind of pull from that knowledge that I gain during my experience with you. So um, awesome. one of the things awesome. I wanted to sort of talk about, like trends in the orthopedic and podiatric community, is MIS, or minimal invasive, minimally invasive surgical techniques. Is this something that you um, actually perform within your podiatric practice? It is, and it's uh, somewhat of a recent, um, you know, kind of start for me. Uh, I was trained with traditional open procedures, and, uh, you know, I think with, you know, the smaller incisions and the quicker healing times, obviously for my athletes, uh, it became a lot more attractive for the kind of quicker return to sport. So, you know, a lot of those, you know, smaller incisions obviously heal, you know, with, you know, from a three weeks time frame now to about a week's time frame. And return to sport sometimes is, you know, cut down by a third. So it became, like I said, pretty attractive in that sense. Um, you know, now with that minimally invasive approach, uh, we're also using a lot more biologics, which means, you know, injectables, uh, things that are kind of healing at a faster rate. Uh, again, kind of what the professional athletes are getting, uh, maybe even overseas or even stateside now. So it's pretty exciting times to see uh, this minimally invasive approach kind of taking effect. And which procedures, I mean, are you using it for Achilles as well as Bunyan, sort of elective, non-elective? Can you tell me some procedures you're using minimal invasive surgical techniques for? Yeah, so it kind of varies. I mean, most of our practice is semi-elective. Uh, some people have like small tears or they have an Achilles tendon tear, which is a big, which is a big procedure. Um, those are, you know, more so done through, again, those, you know, smaller incisions. I'm also doing Bunyan surgeries. Uh, through what used to be an incision of about three to four inches in length, and now they're about an inch to an inch and a half, which just imagine the amount of scar tissue that's uh, reduced, uh, the amount of rehab uh, that's uh, taking place is actually much reduced because they don't have the scar tissue to have to break through. Most certainly. So. And obviously, when you think minimally invasive surgery, I think you need less equipment, right, which could marginalize or minimize the need or the role of the rep in the operating room. How would you say that minimally invasive surgery has affect the rep's role? Um, I mean, in some cases, you know, we do some minimally invasive surgery in the office suite. 
that may be like little bumps that we're taking off with little rasp or some type of rotary burr. Uh, but some of the you know procedures still require obviously a rep to be involved. Uh, there's a few companies out there that have hardware that's specific to minimally invasive surgery. Um, I, I'm not sure I could use you know particular names in this case, but you know we use like a spike plate that still has you know plate and screw set. Um, there's the uh, system that's actually for Achilles is one that you can use still to do a minimally invasive procedure. It actually has little guides where you put the suture through, and um, you know again still having a rep is is quite important for that. Absolutely. And you had mentioned earlier biologics. And one of our course offerings here at Medical Sales College is a biologics course. It's an at-home study course. And so how often, I mean, obviously with sports medicine, you're probably using amniotic injections and biologics quite frequently. But how often would you say, do you use it in clinic versus actual intraoperatively? So I'd say I'm probably at 100% in terms of operative setting. Um, It's either injectable. Uh, format, or it could be actually um, a sheet, which is a biologic sheet that you can overlay for scar uh, reduction. Uh, In the office, I do use it quite a bit. So for those who are looking to go into the biologic space in an office setting, I think that's actually going to become a little bit more popularized because a lot of it can be done in the office, uh, meaning as an injection form. Uh, Some of the things are shelf stable, so you don't have to have, for example, like a negative 80 degree freezer. Um, which we do have one, but, you know, it can be shelf-stable where it's a powder and then it's reconstituted. So it's nice from that adjunctive standpoint because, again, with patients that are, you know, wanting to heal faster from a soft tissue injury, we can do that in the office. And we still utilize our reps uh, quite regularly for that. Yes. And, you know, back when I used to work with you, um, I think that was 2008, 2009, or actually 2011, 2012, 2000, it's been a while. I I remember, you know, you and I discussing specifically, you know, experiences with the rep and those can be both good experiences and then experiences where we can all learn and grow, um, especially advocating for our patients. So, you know, can you think of a time that, you know, the rep was in your surgical case, in your operating room and, you know, maybe some learning points or things you would like to discuss? Sure. I think that's super apropos. And, you know, given obviously the space that we're talking about, you know, reps do play, I said this before, a huge role and kind of knowing the boundaries, I guess, uh, is a really good way of putting it. Knowing what your knowledge is and what your knowledge isn't is really important. Um, I had a case where we were doing a lateral ankle stabilization. Uh, The particular rep had, um, I had requested certain instrumentation and product happened to be a peak implant, which is a non-biologic. It doesn't break down. Um, and the product that he brought in was actually a biologic. It was actually one that would break down a biocomposite. And in preparation for it, my mind's eye was that I didn't want a biologic because there's a potential for it to break down and cause a skull abscess, meaning that it basically starts dissolving faster than the bone actually can incorporate. And in fact, that's what happened. Um, he didn't come in prepared. And I had specifically asked for obviously certain instrumentation and hardware, and that wasn't present. And in my mind's eye, if I had an alternative to go back to, I would have gone to that because I ended up having to take this person back to surgery to remove the hardware that was placed. So one, just being honest with the doctor, um, being you know as open 
about what instrumentation you have and always have a backup plan. If there's a plan A, there's got to be a plan B. Um, certainly listen to the doctor when they specifically ask for certain hardware or certain instrumentation because we would have avoided that. And to be honest with you, that person thankfully ended up on the good side of the surgical procedure, but ended up having to go through a second procedure nonetheless. And the first thing we have to think about is the patient. They're the person undergoing this. Um, no matter how much you know hardware we put in and how good of a technique we do, um, it's always the person on the back end that's going to be the one that has the final say of whether or not the procedure went well or not. So Most certainly. And I, str- I couldn't stress that enough in class. I tell them, if you go into this profession and your goal every single day is to treat patients and help patients, you know, heal quicker, be better. Um, I think if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you guys are all going to be successful because that should be your number one priority. Absolutely. Just like as a physician, our first, you know, goal is to do no harm. Um, You know, the rep's role is to make sure that the doctor is doing exactly that and that they're prepared for that case from start to finish. So. Absolutely. I call him Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan, you know, and, and Michael Jordan exactly. wouldn't be as great exactly. without like Scotty Pippen. So it's, it's really a reciprocity. It's like we need each other to then advocate and be the best for the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many hardware companies out there now. Um, obviously, you know, surgical correction for hammer toes, bunions, obviously in the lower extremity, you know, situation, uh, ankle implants, there's so much knowledge to be gained to be a good rep. Um, hopefully the companies are putting, obviously, their reps through a process uh, to give them that knowledge so that, again, there's no um, kind of ill effects, you know, of putting something like an implant or hardware in uh, to a patient. I have typically open policy when it comes to, you know, reps coming to my office. And what I typically recommend is that, you know, whoever, whether it's office manager, if it's the nurse or admin, uh, to set up an appointment and not just cold call a facility. You can drop off your information and, you know, if the physician wants to move forward with that uh, information and actually set something up, I think is probably the best way of kind of gaining at least a uh, an advantage versus just kind of waiting in the waiting room for the doc to come out. Um, a lot of times we have to usher folks out because we're a busy clinic. Um, and until we get that card to kind of you know, touch base, I'm usually pretty good about, you know, giving a rep some time just to kind of see what product they're offering. Or if there's something new that hasn't been brought to my attention, it's always kind of nice to get to know a, you know, a product through obviously a rep showing up. And we may set up a lunch. It may be something that's after clinic. Um, but, you know, it's nice to have at least a set time. Then you have my undivided attention versus trying to catch me in between patients uh, in a clinic day. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate, I know you have a busy clinic, a busy life, and I really appreciate you taking the time (laughs) to speak with us today. It was very informative. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. This is fun. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks for tuning in to Medical Sales Live. Remember to like and subscribe to this channel for the latest in all things medical sales.